Shop Woodhouse Ford first and experience the difference. The all-new 2022 Bronco Sport is built wild for the thrill seeker, the sightseer, and the day tripper. A capable and dependable SUV that's ready to tackle the dirt, dust, and mud. Bronco Sport offers four models to match the way you explore the outdoors. Shop, finance, and buy your way. Online at WoodhouseFord.com or one of our three convenient Ford locations in Blair, Omaha, or Plattsmith. What's going on, everyone? It's the Commissioner here. Wanted to let you know that we have another great and exciting episode in store for y'all today. That's right. For the first time ever, we have another guest, first-time guest, meeting us at the Summit, Chris Rodriguez, a.k.a. The Professor, joining us for the first time on our show. If you haven't heard of him before, he is a co-host to the Sports Trap Podcast, and we've always given them shout-outs at the end of our episodes, so we're very proud to have him meeting us at the summit to give us his opinions on the Rockets and the Rockets season so far. We talk about many different things. We talk about his history as a Rockets fan, where his fandom started and where it ultimately headed him being a big uh, Rockets fan and just a Houston fan in general, uh, being an act, a social activist himself. He gives us kind of the insights of his life, insights of his fandom as a Rockets Astros fan. And we also dive into the Rockets season as so far as it progressed through six games games, uh, good moments, bad moments, everything in between. He also talks about his favorite player, Jalen Green, gives a good solid breakdown on how he's progressed so far and why we should not give up on him just yet. And of course, we have to go home on a game. It's a brand new guest. Got to do a game for a new guest. So we go home on a game. Ultimately, it was supposed to be a Mount Rushmore, but it ended up becoming a Mount Rushmore draft for wrestlers. So if you dig that and you're into it, please stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode because we it's a great uh, go-home part of the episode. So that's enough talking from myself. Go ahead and sit back, relax if you're in the car. Please enjoy, once again, from myself the GM, and our brand new guest, the professor, a.k.a. Chris Rodriguez, right here on the Summit State of Mind. What's up, world? It's your boy, Vaughn Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player, and you're now tuned in to the Summit State of Mind podcast. What is going on, everyone? And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast, Dream Shakes and Step Backs, and everything Houston Rockets. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. Of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Hey, man, how's it going today? Monday afternoon, coming back off a game five win, staving off elimination, staying alive. I wanted two dubs yesterday, but the Rockets could not follow through, unfortunately. But I wanted to check in on you. How you doing today? Good, bro. This, the the straw is staying alive. Like, the, was it the Bee Gees? Were they the ones that sang the song? Was it the Bee Gees? Yeah, that's something and, like that. Yeah. You know, I, I I didn't even watch the game. I was at a concert last night with the girlfriend, and I was like, I was keeping up, you know, on occasion, enjoying the show, but taking a look, and what I realized is maybe I shouldn't watch a game for the rest of the year. But we all know amongst the three of us that's not happening. Oh, boys, got to wait. Did you say three? There's three of us here. Oh, she. Okay. Oh, I, 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 I kind of uh, ruined the surprise a little dude, bit. Dude, you ruined the surprise, dude. You dirt sheeted it. You dirt sheeted out, bro. You Dave Meltzer the report. Yes, How dare you? Don't, don't call me Dave. Don't call me Dave. All right. Well, you know, since since the GM already, you know, spilt the beans here, let me go ahead and introduce to y'all. We have a brand new guest 
meeting us at the summit today for the first time ever. We, we've given him a shout out like plenty of times. Uh, he's been in constant contact with us since we started our podcast, and we are finally getting him on. Very excited to get him on. Uh, sport, a uh, host of the Sports Trap podcast, Houston native, and a good friend of the Summit State of Mind, Chris Rodriguez. Chris, how you doing today, man? Man, good. How are you guys doing today? Well, good man. And for a Monday, can't complain, right? <laughs> well, you can always complain on a Monday. The Monday just not gonna care. <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's some real shit right there, bro. That's the truth right there. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so you're brand you're you're brand new to the summit, but you've been mm. doing this podcast. You've been doing stuff for a while now. So give let the people know. So give let the people know. I've kind of explained what Sports Trap was. Want to give you all your shout outs, but want, since you're a representative of the Sports Trap podcast, want you let's give the people what they want, man. Jalen Rose it up and uh, tell the people what the uh, podcast is about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, Sports Trap is over almost close to thirty years of a friendship uh, between myself and my best friend, John Trapp. Um, and we started off arguing about sports as far as this goes as far as tracing the Grady days when he came to the Rockets. And we've been arguing sports nonstop to the point where John was like, one day he's like, we should put these conversations on a podcast. Because when we talk about these things, for whatever reason, people are like, you guys are best friends, but it sounds like you guys hate each other, but it's hilarious at the same time. So uh, so we started doing the sports shop and of course, everything fo- the focus was everything related to Houston sports. And of course, we would throw in some things that, you know, topics as far as, you know, national sports as well, especially, you know, big, big topics that are going on, uh, you know, also to addressing some of the, you know, things that are going on within the community as well, uh, you know, conscious, being conscious about, you know, social consciousness and, and whatnot. We've definitely taken a part in that as well. Uh, so yeah, man, the sports trap, uh, interesting because like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get on the podcast to be honest with you, because what I was worried about is that I have a bad habit of just saying ridiculous things and to the point where there would be controversial or maybe possibly, you know, with cancel culture going on and then me trying to create my own brand on some things that I'm doing right now. My wife was like, cause I don't think you should be going on a podcast cause these conversations you have with John behind closed doors are horrible. And I'm like, man, you're right. So it was very, very tough for me to get on there and talk to John because John is the type of person that really likes to instigate. He really likes to push the boundaries of it. He wants to get that reaction out of me. So it's been very, very hard to try to be as PG as possible without, uh, you know, getting us canceled at the same time. Yeah, no, I immediate, immediate thoughts when you had said that, I merely thought, yo, man, okay, so you're telling me you're like the Charles Barkley? You're, you're the hot, you're the hot take guy? Man, you know, I guess I guess I could say I'm the hot take. John's like the more like, you know, perspective. Like he likes, you know, mm-hmm. he 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 wants to see, like, I guess the I don't know how you say John. John is he's just a damn instigator. Like he'll take the side that you know, <laughs> you know. I've heard it. Not. I've listened to y'all's episodes. Yo, he's, 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 yeah. he's the Max Kel- Max Kellerman. To your Stephen yeah, A. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I and, and and I'm more of like 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 what the hell are you talking about, John? Like this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like so, you yeah. know, I I I I don't know. I guess I guess so. I think that you know there is you know of course we were talking about the Astros. I think when 2017 happened, 
that, that was our biggest view because we actually went on and we talked about it. And I, I shared a really deep story about what the Astros meant to me being the first sports team that I ever fell in love with and baseball being the first sport. And um, for somebody who, who it would most likely would be like, everybody cheats. I was one of the people that really spoke out against the Astros because I felt like that's something they didn't need to do. Um, and because there's a lot of kids like myself that needed sports to get through some tough times when they were growing up. So, you know, one thing about adults is that sometimes we forget about the impact that we have on young people. So I gave that perspective and, uh, Quite shockingly, we got some good responses. It was pretty much all the people that hated the Astros that loved that part of speaking out against them. Of course, uh, of course. But, uh, I think a lot of people are taken back because, like I said, I am one of those people that's always going to defend the villains. And that that time, I think I played heel, not heel, but I played a face. So, mm-hmm. face to the whole world. You you pulled a Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. I think like you pulled a face to the entire uh, the entire United States. But when you jump into you know no like you're the villain United States. When you jump yeah. into Canada, you're the hero. I'm the, I'm the hero. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, I was a hero in Canada. Or to the Yankees and Dodger fans. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, uh, up in the Northeast, they were just chanting yeah. your name, bro. Oh, of course, of course, of course. It's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, oh, no, that's good, man. That's good. And you know, we you you talked about your love for the Astros, but you know what, man. Let's take that mm. step back. We're a Houston Rockets mm. pod. Let's mm. talk about the Houston Rockets. Mm. All right, let's talk about what. Let's talk about. So first of all. You know, you're from you're from Houston, H Town, born and raised. H Town, born and raised. That's why I I had to introduce you, H Town native. Come on now. And then, so first, give us your first memories as a as a a Rockets. Like, what drew you in? Like, was it when you were a kid? Put you play basketball? Parents? You know, what was the story there? Of course. Um. So even though baseball, like I said, mentioned was like the first sport that kind of fell in love. This is the first sport I was introduced as far as like you know, growing up at five six years old as far as sports. The game that took me. The, the game that just felt like I fell in love with was basketball because I played basketball. I love playing basketball. And like for a lot of us, you know, growing up in, in, you know, Arabic communities, like basketball is easy access, you know what I mean? And so of course the Rockets, the, the ketchup in yellow, you know, was, was so, was such an impactful part. And then I was coming right on the cusp where, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon was wearing the goggles and he was, you know, he just had his eye injury and whatnot. And so that's when I became like a big Rockets fan. And then, of course, you know, a couple of years later, through the controversies of the Rockets and Hakeem possibly leaving and staying, you know, we ended up building something around him. And, and in 94, mm-hmm. uh, we win our first championship. And I remember this because, number one, I will always and forever hate O.J. Simpson, not because I could care less if he did it or he didn't do it. Tell the people it, why. It, tell the people. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because we were taxing that ass in New York and they went away from the Houston Rockets taxing the New York uh, New York Knicks ass to go and watch that stupid SUV go down. And it was just and, you know, for a fact, if this was Michael Jordan and the Bulls, they would have oh, yeah. never, Absolutely ever gone away <laughs> from one of the most important games in all of Houston sports history, if not the most important game in Houston sports history. So at that point, I realized at a very, very young age that no one likes H-Town. No one loves H-Town. Mm-hmm. So if there's going to yeah. be anybody that reps H-Town to the day I die, this I was I was born and raised and ready to go. And I remember, especially since, you know, I grew up in a, a very, very poor neighborhood, um, when the Rockets did win and we were able to celebrate, 
uh, I was out there with all my mom's pots and pans just banging on the on the side of the road of Fondry and just going crazy, like screaming, crying. I don't even know if I was screaming, crying or laughing. I don't know, but it was so much emotion. And golly, it had to be about what seven, eight, nine years old. It was just, it was yeah. just like the greatest feeling ever. And if you've ever, if you're a kid and you experience a real championship, watching your favorite team win a championship, it's just like, I don't know, it's like your first love. And and it was my first love, if you want to think about it, like, you know, so that yeah, bro. Nonstop. You can totally relate to that. Like when we were growing up, um, I remember in 94 specifically game seven, my dad did the same thing. Like we were in the kitchen and we had the, the TV in the living room was right. Uh, was right in front of the kitchen. So my dad was grabbing pans, was beating it with fucking, um, I don't even know what it was like a spoon, whatever he was. I don't remember, but I do remember not the specifics, but I do remember that, that, moment in time when he was just hitting and banging during game seven. And I was like, that was my first real memory yeah. of basketball. And the fact that I can go back to that is the reason why basketball has become such a huge influence to me. Cause when I think of basketball, I think of that. And I think of the happiness, the glory, all of that shit, you know? And for, as we're growing up and we see all of the, the bad shit that hap- has happened, you can still look back and be like, that's the hope that is glimmering as adults, because as a kid, you got to experience that. So all you're doing, all we watching, all we're watching as fans now, as we get older, we're chasing that feeling. But I'm, uh, you know how you sure. talked about, you know how you talk about Hakeem though? Cause remember, yes. like you said, like in 92, before the 93 season, he was trying to leave. My question is, so Kenny and I, a few episodes ago, we were comparing Carlos Correa to Akeem in the sense mm-hmm. of what he brings leadership wise <laughs> talent. Cause you know, Akeem defensive player of the year calls Korea gold glove finalist multiple times. Right. Yep. My question to you is like, do you see that in the sense? And if we somehow win it this year, I know that there's a huge, huge uh, amount of people that believe that he won't sign. And I'm one of those people that's very skeptical because the money is high. But based on the interviews, in comparison to George Springer, he just wanted to get the hell out. Kreia is saying he wants to stay. He, he's been saying it all year. Do you see that comparison? And do you think that because of the trials tri- and tribulations is the reason why he wants to stay loyal and stay, despite the money? You know, Do you see that cor- correlation or is that just Oh, me? yeah. No, no. I think that's a great correlation. And, I, I, and I'll go even deeper than that. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I'm a little bit older than both of you guys. The the thing that that people fail to realize is that when Hakeem Olajuwon was demanding and wanted to be traded, <clears throat> a good portion of the city wanted him to go. They felt like you know like he can just mm-hmm. go. Like no one was just like like we're, we're not going to pay him. He hasn't brought us. He hasn't done anything for us lately. Like people completely forgot about Hakeem Olajuwon and what he did that most players in his position weren't doing, which was leading in rebounds, leading in steals, leading in points, mm-hmm. you know, leading in blocks. Like, like, yeah, yeah he wasn't going out there doing anything super spectacular like Michael Jordan, but Hakeem Olajuwon, hands down, if people who, who didn't watch Rocket Sports didn't realize that he, hands down, was the best player, not only in the Rockets, but maybe the best top three players in that league. Um, and I think the same thing he said about, about Carlos Guerrero is, is the simple fact is this, is that you hear people talk about Carlos Correa and the first thing they'll tell you like, well, we don't want to, you know, spend, you know, pay him all this money for the next 10 years. Um, we still got to worry about, you know, 
Jordan Alvarez. We still have to worry about Bregman. And I'm like, what have they done for you lately? And to be honest with you, Carlos Guerrero is the is the best player, not named Altuve, on, on the Astros because he can do everything. He can hit. Mm-hmm. He is our best infielder. He's, he's not only that, but he brings the moxie, the attitude, um, the ability to speak his mind. Um, when everything went down in 2017, he was the one that was going around and standing up for, you know, for the, for them. So uh, I think that uh, it's a, it, it's, it's crazy that this city or that the ownership would even think about bringing Carlos Carrera back. Because if you don't bring him back, you're pretty much saying the dynasty's over with. You're pretty yeah. much saying, you know what I mean? I feel the exact same way. Cause I mean, when you're talking about greatness dynasties, when you when I think of Carlos Correa, I think of Derek Jeter. Like his value doesn't just uh, stand alone with stats. He doesn't put up the most glamorous stats, but what right. he does is he will make sure to get us that double play. He will dive into the outfield to make sure we get that out. He will be the one to talk the picture, like you know when him when he was talking to Framber Valdez last year in ALCS, yelling at right. him, telling him like, "Don't let him get to you." you will get right. this guy and let's go back to the dugout. And that's what happened. And what he brings is brings so much more value than what you see on paper. And that's why, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's why I think that he is our generation's Jeter, but he doesn't, he doesn't play in New York. If he played in New York, he'd probably have so much more glamor, so much more fame, but I don't think he cares about that. He cares more so about just winning in general. And that's why I think that, the chances of him leaving are getting a little slimmer because the people that can offer him the contract he wants is like the Rangers, the Tigers, you know, he might not win for a while. So it's like, if you really want to build a dynasty, you got to stay. And he even said in an interview and was it, uh, was it Puerto? He's from Puerto Rico. So he, so I read in an interview, you know, that he was saying that the numbers of living in New York and living in Houston, is different obviously due to the taxes and to him he's like the money that i would make in new york would be just about the same as in houston if it was like 350 to like 280 you know based on taxes so he yeah. doesn't care so what i what i what i see from there is that he doesn't care about being mike trout fernando tatis jr in the term of like highest paid he just wants to win but he wants what he's worth and i respect that the thing is, will Click be able to, or will Click be okay with it, or will Jim Crane have to overcome, or I mean, not overcome, but overrule him in regards to that? But yeah, I mean, overall, Kenny knows. Kenny is the biggest Carlos Correa guy. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Correa bought me back. Let's be real here. I had my oh, doubts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, but who wouldn't? But I, I think that, you know, even when Carlos Correa you know, had those issues with his injuries and, you know, and I always say when people say that uh, an athlete is injury prone, cause I think that's, it's almost as if you're, you're blaming the athlete for things that he can't control. You know what I mean? I always get frustrated. And people, oh, he's so, I'm like, yeah, but are you an athlete? No. So what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Like, you don't if, understand. We, if all three of us want to go hoop right now, we haven't hooped in a while. I'm pretty sure chances are we're all going to pull something. Maybe perhaps, I don't know. But the point being is like, like you're, you're talking about an, an, an incredible athlete who's gifted, who, mm-hmm. who gives you everything that you need in a player. And I just think like at the end of the day, when nobody wanted to stand up for the Houston Astros, Carlos Square put his face, his brand, his, his everything, his family, out there and told everybody literally to shut the fuck up. You know what yep. I mean? So, so, so I think that you've got to pay the man. I'm a big component of paying the man. Even if you give him an eight, 10 year contract, what is he going to be? 37. 
you you act like that he's really we're gonna be, we're gonna actually see the, the you know the largest slip in his play and he's still 37 is still a good age to 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 still be a good baseball player so yeah yeah agreed. i agree agreed agreed <clears throat> good well good stuff because yeah even for me like carlos correa i i've i've chimed on it time and time again it's the intangibles it's the stuff that he brings his leadership that's that on top of it is what provides enough to pay him because it's how he represented himself after the scandal. When you see players like Springer and Verlander to a degree who wasn't there, he kind of, you know, wilted and just kind of stayed back and kind of didn't say anything. Altuve too struggled a lot. Bregman struggled a lot. Cray was like, yo man, yeah, we admitted to it. What do you want us to do? We didn't get kicked out. You want us to kick ourselves out? No. So that's, that's a bit, that's why I'm a big prominent of making sure that he gets paid, pay the man, you know, pay the man. We'll tell, there you we'll tell go. Crane that. We'll tell Crane that. So <laughs> we'll we'll jump back into the juice box in a little bit, but let's talk about the Houston Rockets right now. Let's go back to that. So Houston Rockets, who's your favorite player? All time or right now? Oh, I mean, I we know who right now is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We we know right now, right? Unless, unless right, he's right. gonna he's gonna turn he's gonna turn on a he's gonna turn heel on us. He's gonna say, "Yo, Christian Wood, baby." <laughs> <laughs> all right, give me all you time know, first. So- all right, all-time favorite player. It used to be Vernon Maxwell, right? It used to be Vernon Maxwell. Oh, I like but my that. All-time, my all-time favorite player, which a lot of people, when I tell this, are like, what? They can't believe it. It's Shane Battier. Um, Shane Battier. Shane Battier became one of my favorite players. He's number one. I just appreciate it. He's, I'm a defensive type of guy. When you when I play basketball, defense is a very, very important thing to me. So I, I loved his his tenacity to want to hold the best player, but he was so smart about the way he did oh, it yeah. and he carried himself so mm-hmm. professionally. Um, and most importantly, it was his defense against Kobe um, in that first game and him shutting down Kobe and putting the hand in the face. I don't know, I'm trying to put my hand in one of you guys' faces right now. Uh, <laughs> but being able, being able to hold Kobe and be able to stop Kobe. And then of course, I, at that time, was a big Kobe hater, but what I saw Kobe do to follow up against some of the best defense I ever seen anybody mm-hmm. play or anybody even play one was considered one of the best players, what Kobe came back to do and what Shane, what he put Shane Battier through, which made me fall in love with Kobe Bryant. So I have that connection with Shane Battier. And, and matter of fact, a couple of years after that, I got to meet Shane Battier and Jamba Juice over there at Rice Village when it was there. And the first thing I told him was like, hey, I just got to talk to you. I'm sorry if I sound like a fan, but I just, I you're one of my favorite all-time players for the Rockies in how hard was it to hold Kobe Bryant? Like, how did you come up with the idea of putting your hand in his face? And like, believe it or not, man, you, you're sitting there drinking Jamba Juice. I think it was like a mango go-go, like the most calorie <laughs> calories you could drink. And we're sitting there drinking and I'm just like a big kid, just drinking, listening to him. And he was just saying how, you know, all he could do was he told himself that he was just going to put his hand in Kobe's face each time and just do everything he could to make it as frustrating, difficult as possible. Um, but he said at the end of the day, it did nothing to stop in what he considered one of the greatest players that ever played the game. And for him to just to sh- sit there and talk about that, because, I mean, think about it. Like, we always talk to players about success. It's hard to talk to players about defeat. So for him to sit here and talk to me about, you know, defeat and still be humble about it and still praise somebody else, I was like, yo, Shane Battier, my favorite Rocket of all time. So I love it. I mean, he's one of my favorite Rockets. Too. He's like not my not my favorite. He's not number one, but I mean, he's he's been up there for me. And the 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 
like almost the double-headed dragon defense between mm-hmm. him and Ron Artest, the stuff that oh. they provided. You know, mm-hmm. you got the smarts of Shane Battier with the instincts of Ron Artest, and they just created, you know, one of the best defenses that year, probably the number one defense that year. Number one defense mm-hmm. that year. That that team was so good. If only Yao Ming and Tracy could just stay healthy. Like, only if yeah. everything could go. That whole squad was meant. Like, that was Daryl Morey's greatest contribution to the Rockets is how he put that championship team together. But, mm-hmm. I mean, geez, that, that team should have – that team should have won a championship. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Von, Von, Von agrees. Von Wafer agrees. I know he does. <laughs> which was a stamp of approval. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And, it's you know, it's always hard to say who's your favorite Rocket in, at the end of the day. I mean, that for me is just like a deep – deep you know meaningful pick because but i mean you look at the sam cassells or robert ory's akima lodge yep. ones hell you even go back to the sleepy floyds you know the calvin murphy's the john lucas's like there's so many great players that played the alvin hayes so many great players that played for the rockets and even even now you know what i mean like it's just it's so many i think that's one thing that i wish that houston would get more credit for was the deep rich history that that the Rockets organization has contributed to, to to you know to the uh, NBA and even when you look at the 75th anniversary of of the Rockets I, I feel like when I saw the commercial there really wasn't a lot of Rocket stuff and I'm like what are you talking about you know what I mean it should be a lot of ketchup and red and and you know uh some of that uh pinstripe uh uh oh, hell yeah. you know what I mean I mean I just felt yeah. like we've done a lot to contribute to the basketball game across the board yeah you know? Agreed. I mean, we had so many influential players that have come through, um, especially big coaches like, you know, Adelman played here for a little bit. Pat Riley played here for a little bit. Like we think about guys like that, even Rudy T. Let's not forget about Rudy T, the greatest rocket coach of all time. You know, like there's a lot of people that have played here and are, like you said, our tradition, our history is very rich, but we just don't get enough of the pub or the love because of, you know, I, I, we, we don't want to go back to be like the H town hate or, you know, like the coastal love that everyone in LA, like California, West coast, New York, East coast receives, but it's hard to see. It's hard to go against that when you see all of these ads, you know what I mean? And well, with, with, with Harden gone now, we don't have anyone marketable anymore. So for the time being, it's going to be enforced. This is kind of like when we went, can you remember when we traded team act for Kevin Martin, this is basically the Kevin Martin time, you know, the transition, mm-hmm. but at least now we have our future as opposed to like just, middling around with nothing oh yeah you know? but we had good players lowry Dragic. we had good guys that were here that turned out to be studs and all-stars but yeah. it just wasn't going to happen here but you know just the history of the houston rockets i think is very crucial and people don't really understand it unless you're from houston or have always been a fan um but i mean i see what you're saying you know like you're right because you know like you said like you know remember when dwight howard came the legacy of bigs all that shit people don't really realize what is a part of our history? Everyone forgets about Ralph Sampson, but at the time, Ralph Sampson was like KD before KD. You know, he could ball yes, handle. He was. he was a he could hit an eighteen foot jumper with ease. He could handle the ball. You could. I don't know if they were honestly. I I didn't watch much uh, highlights from that point, but maybe we could have saw some Ralph Sampson, Hakeem Olajuwon pick and roll. You know what I mean? Oh. Just to just to change it up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, at that point, it was just a different world, different league, different time. But, you know, I, I completely agree with you, bro. Like for real, in regards to the history of the city. Yeah, I do too, man. And just to let you know, man, Shane Batty, was definitely also, yeah, like he was definitely one of mine. So I fully agree with you there. So yeah, man, your, your, your defense is based on him. Like when you defend, uh, you know, some of our boys, when we hoop, 
You're always putting the hand in the face. When oh, Kenny beats me man. up, he's making sure to let me know. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't so, like to talk about always... it, but here, here he goes talking about it. <laughs> here he goes. I, you know, I, I think, I, I think, like, honestly, like, we live in a, a, a world even now where it's, it's all about, like, the fun component about it, right? And I think that it's so hard it, is, it's, it seems like we see less and less, but when we do see players that do play defense and commit to something, that's really not fun. I mean, it's being honest. Yeah. Could you imagine having the whole Kobe Bryant, like that's your assignment and you're like, you know, you're all for three, but the stats doesn't show that, man, you made Kobe Bryant's 30 point game look like it could have been 60 points, but you made it 30 and no one really yeah. cares about that. Yeah, you, shot, mean, 12 like, you, you shot 12 for 30 and you shot 12 for 30 as opposed to like 12 for 20. Right, right. And no yeah. one cares about that. No one's like, oh, Sean, but Sean Betty, man, he needs to be uh, an all-star. No one cares about that, you know, unfortunately. So like I always thought defense uh, was something that that if I could commit to, I could commit to anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Actually being as short as I am, it's hard to hold everybody out there that's solid than me, so. All right, before we move on, let's talk about our most favorite and best Acai Bowl spot in the city of Houston, Rush Bowls Houston. Have you thought about grabbing a meal on the go? Needing a meal in smoothie form? How about an Acai Bowl from Rush Bowls? They have plenty of options for those that are looking for a great, healthy meal on the go. I got to try a new bowl called the Yoga Bowl. I had it this weekend. It's blended with mango, pineapple, banana, matcha, froyo, and your choice of dairy or non-dairy milk. If you want my personal recommendation, I say go with oat milk. It's topped with granola, chia seeds, bananas, and honey. I even like to include their in-house peanut butter. Seriously, it's so delightful. They even have deals all throughout the week. Dog on Mondays, where you get a free Bow Wow Bowl for your dog with any purchase of a bowl. And Wellness Wednesdays gets you $2 off a wellness bowl or a smoothie. So, if you're craving a nice, healthy, and light meal, us at the Summit State of Mind highly suggest visiting Rush Bowls and grab yourself a delicious acai bowl. It is really, and seriously, the best acai bowl in Houston. So follow them on Instagram at Rush Bowls Houston. That's one word. At Rush Bowls Houston. And visit them at their location at 6001 Washington Avenue, Suite 200, Houston, Texas. And to make sure you mention to them that the Summit State of Mind sent you, because you guessed it, you get a discount. You get 33% off your bowl. So you mentioned the Summit State of Mind podcast, you get 33% off your bowl. Just go ahead and hit them up, guys. Time to trot on down to Washington. Let's go Rockets, and let's go Strohs. What's good, everybody? This is Timoteo Keister, a.k.a. T-Smooth, and you are listening to Summit State of Mind podcast. All right, so let's go ahead and jump forward to the present time now. Let's talk about these current iteration of this Rockets team. <clears throat> The Rockets team that's definitely trying to find their way. They're struggling out the gates, which is what is to be expected. Which is funny, too, because we're in this current society where everybody wants to see progress right away. This mm-hmm. team is currently one in five. I fully expect us to be in the sweepstakes for Chet Holmgren or uh, pa- pa- what is it? Uh, Paolo Ron- Blanchero, Pablo Blanchero, whatever. Pablo Blanchero, yeah, yeah. Blanchero, the two picks. <clears throat> so I fully yeah. expect us to be in that 
at market uh, by the time mm-hmm. the season ends, the, we weren't going to win a championship. I've always said we were going to be the funnest 20 win team of the, of the entire uh, year. So let's talk about the current iteration of this Rockets team. Now, like I said, one in five, uh, Chris, I just wanted to ask you, what is the things that you've seen? What is the, you know, what's your opinion on it? We're going to, we're going to spotlight Jalen green in a little bit, but just the team as a whole, what's been your current opinion of them right now? Uh, definitely young chaos. <laughs> <I think. laughs> yeah, that's exactly uh, what's happening, bro. It's, yep, it's yep. young. It's it's chaos, and I, I think that I think I think what we see in life though is is great things can come out of chaos. And mm-hmm. I, I think that as I think that this is where a lot of the Houston fans that haven't been following the Rockets for a long period of time, like us, like especially some of the newer fans don't really understand because if you became a Rockets fan, the moment that James Harden came here and you saw the success of us going to the playoffs, then you, to me, it's, I'm not going to call no one. You're not a real fan. What I'm going to say is you need a you need to do your history a little bit more. And you also need to understand that everything is a process in life. And, and you honestly, I think we, for all the people who hate James Harden, for all the people who are like, he, I'm ready for him to go. And for all the people I used to say, listen, I used to hear so many people go James Harden. He, we need to trade him because he's never going to give us the promised land. I'm like, remember once we trade James Harden, we're going to suck for a very, very, very long time. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. We're never going to get anything back equal to value for James Harden. So just be prepared. And it's so funny now, those same people are like, man, the Rockets suck. I'm like, you were the main one wanting to trade James Harden. So he's gone. Now deal with the suck. Like the Marines say, the suck. And they do suck. And But it's a good suck in a way because I think that it, for, for us Rockets fans, especially the, the, the just Houston fans in general, it's fun watching a team start from the beginning and be able to just watch and track their growth. And if you're a true fan of sports in general, and if you're a true fan of basketball and basketball players in general, imagine the person who stuck, who, who was just a big Kobe Bryant fan, big Kobe Bryant fan out of high school comes in the NBA and Kobe Bryant is considered a bus. Sorry. He sucks. He's not good. Look, look how he's playing. He's, Look, he's averaging only like nine points a game for the for his rookie season. And 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 now that same person you say, I remember when when nobody believed in Kobe Bryant and I got to watch him grow into one of the greatest players of all times. And I think we get the final opportunity and even comparison to Hakeem Olajuwon when he came and he was so raw from U of H and watching Hakeem go from being the rawest player of the NBA to being, in my opinion, the greatest center to ever play the game. I think yep. we you damn right, bro. Sweep. You damn right. The three right, of us bro. agree. Right. So we, now <laughs> we get to we, we get to see a lot of these young players and the potential that they can be. And I think that out of all these these uh uh you know at all these like possible gyms, I think we got a couple of diamonds there. We just got to be patient, mm-hmm. stick with it, and just be fans. I mean, these kids are young, and and I think like yeah, like you said they are going to be super fun to watch. And there's times as fun as I'm like, there's times I'm shaking my head like, really. Come on, bro. <laughs> it's true, yeah, bro. Because so. I mean, these guys are all like our first round picks. They're all nineteen, right? Like these. We, we do we forget that? What are we doing when we were nineteen? We were just being childish, you know, having fun, fucking around. So, I mean, for them to be put into this position, but the the great thing about um, being here is that there's no pressure. There's no right. pressure for them to be great immediately. 
I think most people understand that there is a process, you know, people can be frustrated at Jalen and look at him. Like he scored seven points in 31 minutes yesterday. But I mean, I don't think that's a knock on him. That's a him adjusting to the league and him learning like, okay, I can, I can't do this right now. Let's work mm-hmm. on building this for later. Cause mm-hmm. like we, we see that he has all of the skills to improve you know, like you stated, like with Kobe, you know, we're not saying that Jalen will be Kobe, but Jalen has the potential to be someone around that level because of what he brings to the table currently. His athleticism is what blows him out the roof. You know, people can be like Evan Mobley is playing like a defensive player of the year. Yeah, that's cool. That's all good because he's getting all the opportunities in Cleveland. You know, is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. yeah, I mean, you know, like he's going to play well because they're going to play through him. The, the, the squad ain't playing through Jalen today, tomorrow, at the end of the year. Maybe not. This team is running through KPJ, whether we like it or not. We got a Christian Wood who is more than capable of putting up all-star numbers. You still got Eric Gordon who's going to be taking six to eight threes a game. And, you know, and he's hitting them at a decent clip, you know, and, you know, you got guys like, uh, uh, shit um sangoon who's showing sangoon. that he can that he can run you know he can run the offense for short spurts of time because of what his capabilities are and once he starts knocking down the three at a clip that's you know that's presentable the dude can be unstoppable and you could see that growth and what they can do you know so i'm just like it's exciting to see it's frustrating but you see the glimpses here and there. And that's the best part about it. Like Kenny, like you stated, like they're going to be frustrating for parts of the game. And then when you see them like succeed and the hype and the excitement, it's just like, Oh shit, this could be there. Well, there's going to be small later. spurts. There's going to be small spurts. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And that's, that's how I've <laughs> described their, that's how I've described their offense. It's, it's messy. KPJ mm-hmm. is not a point guard. People, I've had people ask me, well, why haven't the Rockets won any won any of these games? And I've said, well, I think it all starts with KPJ. I think it all starts mm-hmm. with him. He's the table setter. He's the point mm-hmm. guard. John Wall took the step back, literally, mm-hmm. to give him the mm-hmm. keys to the kingdom. He has the keys to the kingdom. But people are already, at least on Twitter, already saying that KPJ is not a point guard. My thought process there is like, bro, we're six games in. Can we give? Can we get to game fifty, game sixty, and then we can start to kind kind of evaluate where he's at? He probably hasn't, mm-hmm. you know, he hasn't played point guard in an NBA level. The greatest talent in the entire world. We played against LeBron James last night. I mean, come on, what about a learn? How much? How about a learning curve for uh, Jalen Green and all the youngins? You got to you saw these guys growing up, and now you're playing against Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James. Imagine how it was for them. They weren't going to win. So the th- my thought process there is uh, enjoy the process and let them grow. That's why our last episode we named it "Trust the Process" because that's really what it that's really what it is. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and move on now. Let's talk about your boy. Let's talk. Let's let's spotlight. Let's spotlight him, Chris, just for you, man. Let's spotlight Jalen Mother Effin Green. Okay, I do have to ask you though. Let me ask you something yeah. though. There's yeah. a lot of people, and I've asked the GM this uh, last episode. We're six games in, and there's a lot of people already saying, "Man, should have drafted Evan Mobley." 
<laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm pulling up their stat line now, and I'm like, okay, they're both averaging about the same amount of points. Jalen Green's averaging the 33% from the field, and Evan Mobley 50%. Evan Mobley five, five games in looks like you know, like he's going to be a defensive wizard from all we know five games in. But I just have to ask you, how crazy are these people? And give me an, an opinion of your boy Jalen Green so far this season. Well, I'll start off by first by just, uh, uh, you know, going ahead and say how ridiculous we're six games in and we're already screaming bust or we're already screaming like, you know, we're already talking about like Evan Mobley, who's on a losing team. Right. Let's be honest here. The Cavaliers are not making the playoffs anytime soon. Nope. And by all means, Evan Mobley's offensive game is not turning into Hakeem anytime soon. But we're already praising and saying we should have drafted. Because <laughs> Could you imagine how bad the spacing would be with Evan Mobley right now, just with the chaos the Rockets are currently under? I mean, it's and just imagine how we would even get the ball to Evan Mobley if we had Porter running the point guard position. So, like, mm-hmm. it's just like I. I think he, I think he's just in a perfect offensive system for him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's nothing, I, there's no pressure on Evan Mobley at all to succeed. I mean, I, I look at where he was drafted and I look at, at the team he's on and I look at his, his overall potential. I mean, maybe, maybe in my opinion, he becomes like, um, what's that guy's name on the jazz? I, I'm not, I like to not go there the jazz. Oh, yeah, maybe a go there, maybe like maybe like, maybe I like, don't know. like as like defensively. I gave um, his Gobert. ceiling. I gave a ceiling, Anthony Davis. Yeah, for me, I gave Anthony, his ceiling. You give him was, ceiling is Anthony Davis. I gave him his ceiling. <clears throat> ceiling is Anthony. That's the the highest potential that he can yeah. get to. That's my opinion. He's shown potential that at USC, but you know, um, he doesn't. I don't believe he has the playmaking ability that AD right. has, but he can dribble. He can put the ball on the floor. I mean, you know, he's what would you say? A more polished and defensive Christian Wood? Because Christian Wood can't play defense. I would think so. I would think so. I think he's probably a more yeah. polished Christian Wood without the three pointer, right? Like, I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's like that. I think that I think that's a fair assessment. And and I, I think mm-hmm. here's the problem. And this is what I love about my boy Jalen Green. Jalen Green came out and he said, I want all the smoke. I want to be the best player. I want to be the rookie of the year. I'm better than everyone. I'm going to show you I'm better than everyone. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, all right, so this kid's better than everyone. And he's come out in six games. And with the exception of one game where you saw his potential to be the, you know, the best player mm-hmm. in the game, um, he's been laying that what might people say flat tires. Right. So, mm-hmm. so let's, let's dig deep into Jalen green. Um, honestly, he's a 19 year old in what looks like a 16, 17 year old body. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still in a teenage body. He still hasn't even formed into a man, but he's not even at his peak level yet. And the one thing that, that people don't realize about Jalen green is the amount of hard work he puts in the gym on a daily basis, not just now as an NBA player, but before, you know, he was, you know, the way he dedicated and skipped high school basketball and just stayed in the gym playing nonstop. Like I don't think people really know how hard Jalen Green. And, and when I look at who he looks up to and who he wants to try to, you know, emulate his game, which is Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and having that mindset. And we all know those two are, in my opinion, the greatest to ever play the game because of their mentality. I, I think that you have so much potential and it's like, all right, just, just calm down, just calm down right now because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, LeBron, I mean, uh, uh, Jalen Green didn't come in a man child like LeBron James, you know what I mean? Nope. LeBron James came in a linebacker body. 
and mm-hmm. and was just uh, I mean you and like if we go back and look at LeBron James a good portion of how he was able to you know score I think he averaged like his rookie season like goes to over twenty points but um the twenty four points but uh, I think that that was all based off if you look back at it, I mean he would just put his shoulders down and just use his strength and the body mm-hmm. it wasn't like yep. he was finesse he couldn't really dribble he couldn't really shoot the ball like he was a bad free throw shooter then um, he had a lot of turnovers I think people fail to realize that and and I think with, with Jalen Green what you're seeing and what he's realizing which is great and it's gonna it's gonna humble this kid to even become better and greater he realized like man the guys around me are so much bigger and they're mm-hmm. so much stronger but mm-hmm. here's the thing about the little brother. We all have we all had a little brother that we used to pick on, we used to bully, we used to post up on, we used to mm-hmm. you know be physical with. But once they could match that physical physicality, it was a different game. Those games that were like blowouts, you know, you you skunk them the whole nine yards. Now you're 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 hanging on for dear life as the older brother, hoping you can beat your little brother. Because if your little brother beats you. He ain't ever going to stop letting you know he can beat you. And it's always going to be in your head. So I think that that's what I get from Jalen Green. I think you see it. He's a little brother right now. Mm-hmm. What I love is I love his cockiness. And honestly, every time he plays the game, if you watch him, it's not it's not like he's not where he needs to be his spots. I think he shows some basketball IQ. Um, mm-hmm. Also, too, I think it's important that we focus on this is a player that needs a good point guard. He doesn't have a good point guard to get him the shots that he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you, when you have Eric Gordon, who's going to, as soon as he dribbles, you know, he's going to shoot the ball. He's not going to mm-hmm. look for you to be wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as you have Christian Wood, who, who should not, not point at any point ever be running point guard, running the, <laughs> running the point guard position. Um, it is going to, it is going to look like, oh my God, why does Jalen Green only have 13 points? I can't even tell you how many times I saw Jalen Green run down and be where he's supposed to be on a fast break. And the Wamba has his damn head down and doesn't even pass it to him. So like, mm-hmm. like, like what I'm saying is like, are you watching the games or you're just watching the stat line? Because if you're watching mm-hmm. the stat line, you're going to be like Jalen Green's a bust. But if you're watching the games, if you're watching the games with an open mindedness and not being as maybe as biased mm-hmm. as I might be, since I'm a big Jalen Green fan, you'll also see a kid out there that has so much potential to maybe in my when you say when you say Anthony Davis for Evan Mobley, I do think that in my opinion, that the potential for Jalen Green is a Kobe and a Michael Jordan. And that's controversial because every time I say this, people look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, just watch this kid play, watch this kid's mm-hmm. mentality, watch his work ethic, and we'll see what happens, you know? I don't think that people give enough credit to Jalen Green because every interview after, he it's like they're it's like they're pounding the wall with the same thing. Oh, are you you ready for the physicality? Like we know the physicality of the game, and Jalen Green's like, yeah, I know. Like I I do know. Like I'm I'm seeing it firsthand now. I get to, it's the equivalent, in my opinion, to if you watch the Last Dance to Kobe when he first talked talking about Michael. He's like, when I first got to the NBA, this is the first time I got to touch and feel. You know, mm-hmm. I get to on the post up. He post up. I get to see his movement firsthand. I get to see how he does it because Jalen Green, at the end of the day, he skipped. He went to the G League Ignite. Uh, this isn't G League Ignite at the end of the day. It got you ready for the NBA, but it's still not technically not the NBA. NBA. I mm-hmm. mean, for God's sakes, the first game he got put in a post up against Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Welcome to That's the ridiculous. NBA. Welcome to the NBA, baby. Like, this is it. <laughs> so when I saw that happen, uh, my opinion is my, my jury's still out. I'm a big Jalen Green fan myself. I love Devin Mobley coming out. 
I wanted Evan Mobley coming out of the draft just because I just wanted something different. We had James Harden for an X amount of time. But you provide what you just said was the X factor in me wanting Jalen Green because he has the Mamba mentality that Harden never had had. his entire Mm -hmm. tenure here. Because Jalen Green has an elevated jump shot that he can lift over anybody and he can hit a big shot when it matters, something that Harden never had his entire career here, it changes the focal point, it changes the game, and it makes us contenders in the future. I'm not saying, yeah, in the future, not now, but in the future. And so that's my opinion. But GM, what about you? What is your opinion of Jalen Green right now? I mean, like I said, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a learning curve. Remember, I told you I was like, he's small, he's gonna get punked. Like you said, Chris, he's he's talking the noise. He wants all the smoke, and I love that about him. I I think that's great because it allows him to be humbled even quicker. Because he's not gonna if he were to be succeeding now, killing people, dropping twenty five a game. What's gonna happen after game fifty? You know what I'm saying? Like where his body is just like, oh shit, you know, like, why am I not doing this now when I was doing it in the beginning? The difference about that is that um, for him, it doesn't just change his mentality. His mentality stays the same. It's just more so he's going to respond by going to the gym, by building strength, by finding a way to prove mechanics in his shot. You know what I mean? And trying to figure out ways to get um, into the paint. Cause if you notice, like, obviously he didn't take a free throw for the first four games of the season. Right. So it, it, it blew my mind, What's up with that? you know, What's and the that? thing, the <laughs> thing is, is like, it's not like he wasn't drawing contact, but maybe he just was going in a little too strong to the point that the referees are just like, eh, where he kind of has to embellish. That's a part of the learning curve. You know what I mean? Starting to lean your body into the contact, like Eric Gordon, John wall, you know, like those guys, and, you know, maybe he'd get some pointers from them, but overall in the sense, like we're dude, it's only six games in like six what, games. Like, what kind of opinion yeah. can be formulated after six games just blows my mind because I think he's, I think he's right where he needs to be 13 points. Yeah. Honest. He's right where I expected he's still putting 13 points up <laughs> like <laughs> right where I expected. This is exactly what yeah. I expected. I think after game 30, 35 is when we see Jalen hit the next level of where he gets more comfortable in the offense. And they start to realize and figure out where his spots are. And once Kevin Porter jr. Gets more comfortable at the point and stops turning the ball over 10 times a game, (laughs) you know, I think that is when you'll start to see a little bit more cohesion chemistry and he'll start to score more because he plays so much better off the ball. He is so good off the ball. His movements movements. just blows me away. And I think that's the best part about him is because Harden never moved off the ball. Jalen knows where to find his spots and knows where to be. It's a matter. Can he be found? That's not his fault. He's putting himself in the position to succeed. Can that be on point guard? Sure. Can that be on coaching? Sure. But at the same time, everyone's still young. We're figuring shit out, you know? So in my eyes, I still think that, Given three to five years from now, we'll be talking about how Jalen was the best pick in the draft. We'll be at least vying for a play-in spot. You know, we'll be seeing a lot of Sangoon, Jalen Green highlights running the pick and roll. You'll see a lot of him pulling his best Pau Gasol while Jalen is Kobe. My personal you know? goal would be that would be like that's like apex status for me mm-hmm. would be for Al for be for Al P and Jalen to develop that mm-hmm. pow Kobe chemistry. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Would you agree, Chris? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, I think that's, that's what I look at and I see that. And, and I want to say this and I'm going to ask you guys this too. Um, I feel like that Jalen green is a diamond in a garage sale. Cause right now, as, as we speak of the Rockets, they're a big His value garage is sale. super low right now, like super in regards low. to garage yeah. sale sense. So, so when I say garage sale too, and I honestly think that a lot of these players who I don't think should be getting playing time or getting playing time for coach is also a way for coach to try to see about how we're going to angle to get some of these players off the team. It's mm-hmm. possibly for trades. So like, I agree. and I will say this too, um, Kevin Porter Jr. We need Kevin Porter Jr. to succeed either at being an all-star caliber point guard or showing potential to be a good enough point guard to run an NBA team and bring mm-hmm. excitement. Because in my opinion, you're going to have to eventually, especially with all the picks that the Rockets have, and I want to get you guys' opinion on the way I look at this, with all the picks the Rockets have and having some really key pieces and you have your star player as far as Jalen Green and potential with Segun, you might come to a point where shopping a really incredible contract that Kevin Porter Jr. is and John Wall and all your top draft picks, especially when we get down to the trade deadline. And I mean, let's be real here. Are the trailblazers winning anything anytime soon? Absolutely not. And if you're Damian Hell Lillard, are no. you, if you're Damian Lillard, are you really looking at wanting to finish your career there? And who right now in the NBA really has packages enough to be able to trade for, for that, to be able to help the trailblazers mm-hmm. potentially, you know, uh, get better if they end up, because once they get rid of Damon Lillard, that whole that whole that whole point is done. And the reason why I say that is like when I look at Jalen Green, I just feel like I feel bad for Jalen because I'm like, you should be surrounded by like at least an, at least an organization has has put players around you that we know for sure we're going with. But these mm-hmm. are players we're not going with. Everybody's on no. our time there. You know, even Christian mm-hmm. Wood. Like, are we going to give him a max contract? Probably not. Nope. So then we look at the ideal is if we're not going to give mm-hmm. him a max contract and he wants a max contract, he's probably going to be shipped and traded soon too. So what are we going to give back for that? So right now, like Jalen Green is where he needs to be. He obviously he's going to get stronger. He's going to get faster. He's going to, he's going to get bigger. He's going to understand how to utilize his body, how to, to be able to get those fouls. Eventually he's going to get that respect by the refs. Um, he's working on his jump shot. And for all those people that say he's not a good shooter, you got to understand the physicality that's playing against him and how everybody's mm-hmm. trying to gun for him. It's tiring him and he's not going to admit it. He's not going to say, it, but it is no. the physicality. So it's disrupting his jump shot. So I think right now the Rockets are where they need to be. And I, if you're a true Rockets fan, please, if you're listening, because you're right now you're listening to the best Rockets podcast Anywhere and everywhere. Oh, I don't, no, don't, don't say that now. Don't hit me with a high water, check. Water, don't hit me with a high <laughs> check. No, 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 no. I'm going to say it. Let me tell you something. Listen, you ain't a real Rockets fan until you stepped in the summit. A lot of y'all never, ever stepped in the summit. So I like the fact that we got a summer state of mind here. But if you're going to listen to anything and everything about Rockets, you're listening to the best podcast right now. Because I'm listening to, I've seen some other people that on their other podcasts just not really bring like the true essence and have a real logical perspective of how to watch these rockets and i love the fact that you guys are doing that and i think that's what we need to do we just need to have a logical calm the fuck down chill out relax and enjoy this ride because right now it looks like a beater it looks like a beater car but we fixing Mm -hmm. it up and before you know it it's gonna be a classic hot rod i don't know whatever you like kind of old school car it's gonna turn into this beautiful car that every time you pull in 
like something that Booker drives. Every time you pull in, all the girls and all the boys are looking at you. So that that's what the Rock is going to be in a couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree too. I feel that. That's you're you're right. I mean, when you're watching this team now, you got to think about it logically. You can't be irrational because anything that's happening with the team right now is not rational. Like you said, they're playing all these veterans to try to get them off the team. Eric Gordon, Daniel House, two guys that should be getting PT, especially Eric Gordon. You're trading him. I mean, you're playing him to get him off the team because you're trying to raise his value. I mean, right. he's getting paid $20 million, and next year his contract is basically non-guaranteed. So what you're saying is if you're watching Eric Gordon now, can he help a team win now? And then it's like he might not be worth getting paid $20 million, but we can use him now. We'll take that luxury tax hit now. And we'll worry about the rest later. And, you know, Daniel House getting paid three and a half million dollars, easy money, <laughs> worth nothing. He can help any team win now, especially a championship squad. And I know I understand that Kenny, not a fan of him. I'm not a big fan of him. Personality, I think <laughs> that he's done some immature things, but I still think he's a competent yeah, player. Yeah, no, he's and a what great he brings player. He'll be a great table. player wherever he goes to. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, DJ Augustine, he ain't going to be here for a while. He loves Houston because he's from here. You know, but he can help a team that has playoff aspirations. So it's like what's happening right now is not what you're going to see after the All Star break. That's guaranteed. Um, it might be even worse after the All Star break because of the cohesion and chemistry is not going to be there. But we're not playing for this year. Um, unfortunately, Silas is put in a position where he's just, you know, double edged sword. Doesn't matter what he does. You know what I mean? He's going to lose. Poor guy. He's a great guy, but you know, he's been put in a position of where he has to do things that'll benefit the team, not just now, but later. So playing these veterans is just a part of that. I mean, I know Kenny has questions about Daniel Tice. I like the Daniel Tice signing. I think he's great. Not in the the sense, not in the (laughs) sense of what he brings to the table. I like like, I think if he had a competent point guard with him, he'd be look, he'd look a lot better. But you can see that the motivation ain't there. He's doing what he can, but obviously once you're down 30 points, you really think he's going to put in all the effort? Well, I'll say that, well, I'll also say this in terms of Daniel Tice before we move on to the next subject. Like mm-hmm. Daniel Tice is put into a position right now, and it's a little tough for him because I'm seeing him next to Christian Wood. Wood likes to kind of play outside, but then they're putting him inside, so it kind of puts Daniel Tice in an awkward position because you want to – the NBA is now stick to, you know, you go with the one big with the four out. That's typically what the what the look of it now is, right? Mm-hmm. So it puts Daniel Tyson in an awkward position. He's not a consistent enough jump shooter to go out. He needs to play in. We keep him more for defensive purposes, but then Christian Wood's not committed to defense. So it's an awkward place to put him in. Me personally, I would like for Daniel Tice, the way it looks now, would probably be better for him just to come off the bench at this point. Um, he will probably succeed with someone that'll help. That, that could help the team. Um, I just don't think that Daniel Tice as a starter next to Christian Wood is the answer. I mean, if they want to continue to lose, then yes, that's the absolute answer. And that's probably why they'll stick with it. But I think right now, and I do agree with what y'all are saying. Christian Wood, in my opinion, is not the long-term answer because of the fact that you have two bigs in next year's draft that are going to go one and two, unless someone comes up like, like, you know, like Jalen, maybe a, maybe a point guard. Yeah. Maybe a point (laughs) guard will come up, but right now in like November 1st of 2021, the consensus Mm -hmm. top two picks are power forward in the center. So it makes 
Christian Wood expendable. It makes these players that they can get traded for more either more draft picks or a piece that can help us in the future, or maybe some you know maybe someone that can help us down the road. Or who's that guy from the Hawks? Who's that guy from the Hawks that that people are saying the wing? Ah, shoot, I don't remember his name. Oh, talking about uh, Cam Reddish. Yeah, Cam Reddish. Apparently, he's like up and down. He might be available. I'm hearing Miles Bridges might be available. I think he'd be a great pickup for this team, just oh, in terms absolutely. of the, you know, just in terms of the future. So mm-hmm. you know, and you you'd have to agree, right? Because that's the thing. Like we're leaning towards the the bigs are going to be available in next year's draft. That's someone that you can pair with with mm-hmm. Jalen Green as well as you already have LP on top of it. It's gonna it puts Christian Wood in that place of like, yeah, we really don't need you. He's point. in no man's land. You know, he's someone that could potentially be dealt at the deadline or at the latest, the draft next year. Um, If we get, that's what I believe. Don't count us out on the Damon Lillard. Uh, I'm telling you, don't count us out on the Damon Lillard. We have more to offer for Damon Lillard than anybody else. We do. We have so so many picks. But, but. So many picks. But, (laughs) but I'm going to pump the brakes just because superstars, cornerstone players have a lot of power in today's NBA. All. Damien has to say is, I don't want to play for Houston. And Portland more than likely is going to honor his request. So mm-hmm. if he just straight up says, I'm not coming to Houston, mm-hmm. well, j- joke's on y'all because you guys are going to have the best trade packages through us. So it, I think it's up to Damien. I think if if I think you're right. We have the best package to absolutely obliterate anyone's. Clippers, mm-hmm. Clippers cannot get him. That's why I thought John Wall would have been a great trade piece there. Um, but no other contending team, Miami would have been a good option, but Miami hires Lowry now. So it's like, they're out of the sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. New York Lakers has- got Russ. New- yeah. <laughs> Lakers got Russ. New York has Kemba Walker. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there are these teams already, uh, Minnesota, you can even argue Minnesota. Well, they have D'Angelo Russell. So it's like, you know what I mean? There, we have the best package and I do agree with you there. All right, let's move on to the big news of the day. And that is the unveiling of the city edition uniforms. But before we do that, we need to give a shout out and an ad to the greatest and best barbershop voted tops in the entire world. That's right. You know it. I know it. America knows it. I'm talking about the Argyle League. Have you ever wanted to look like a gentleman in a place where you can get a haircut and a shot of whiskey, all while being taken care of by top-shelf professional barbers? That's right. This right here is the Argyle League, where me and the GM have been receiving our haircuts since 2016. What makes Argyle the coolest barbershop in the world? They were voted coolest barbershop in the world. They have been featured in GQ magazine. They were the exclusive barbershop for the NCAA Final Four in 2016. They were the official barbers for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Calendar launch party in 2017. And that is just a few of their kick-ass accolades. So if you're tired of your hair and you want to look like a gentleman, I highly recommend going to the Argyle League and getting a fresh cut from one of their kick-ass barbers. They are located at 709 West Alabama Street in Houston, Texas. You can visit their website now, theargyleleague.com, to book an appointment. I'll say it again, theargyleleague.com, to book an appointment. You want to get a shot of whiskey? Right at the door for you. Want to get a complimentary beer? Right at the door for you. Some of the dopest, coolest barbers you'll ever meet in the entire city of H-Town. That's right, I'll say it once again. The coolest barbers you'll ever meet on this side of H-Town. The Argyle League Barbershop. Go check them out now. Let's move on here because we do have some news, some breaking news here. Today, we got to see some City Edition drop. The New Jersey uh, commemorating the late 90s Houston Rockets. Actually commemorating. Quick question. Did y'all see like the, the look from like the shorts to the jersey? 
It's fucking oh, yeah. clean. Dude, they it's, pay oh, homage. Yeah. They pay homage to all the eras. I was like, at first I was all like, theirs. at first I was like, yo, man, this is uh this is cool. Like it's just it's the it's the pajama jersey era. Fantastic. But then I looked into it and I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, there's a lot more to it. So immediate thoughts, Chris. I'll go to you first. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh past, present, future. And that what more can we say about the Houston Rockets and past, present, future? If you're a real Houston Rockets fan, you love this jersey because even like if you're not a pajama jersey guy it's the fact that when you lost the pajama jerseys to the uh the other edition what would we call that edition i don't want to say the china some people use the chinese edition but i don't yeah. like which one the the, the red the rockets the red, right? the red and white yeah like the, when we went to that era with t-mac right yeah the t-mac uh, and- you know what I do hear people say that, and it's kind of hard to argue because we were trying to. It seemed like we were satisfying our stud, our stud, our stud. yeah, <laughs> me. But the look as a whole was, yeah, mm. was just it was just ugly. It just it just and so ugly. like even so even if you hated that big, you know, the the pinstripes and you didn't like what happened to the the because I was one of those people. I was like, what happened to the ketchup and mustard? And now we got this. <laughs> some people would say a smiling dildo uh, blasting from a basketball. <laughs> there you go so so like but then when it, when you lost that jersey you're like actually those jerseys were kind of tight so now that you go back and now like i'm at, at my age i'm like i love those jerseys and i can appreciate the nausea the, 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 i can't even say the word uh the nostalgia uh, the nostalgia jesus uh <laughs> i can appreciate that i can appreciate so you start talking about like like basketball and dildos you just can't figure out what you're talking about i know Anyways, then you start losing uh, yourself you start losing <laughs> yourself yeah, yeah but now like like just the fact that they were able to take the best of everything and just put it together like i mean i'm so excited can i tell you something i so desperately want to buy a rockets jersey i want to buy the black i want i want to buy every color including this one but I can't until I finally can get Daniel House traded so Jalen Green can have his four. Because I don't want to buy a zero Jalen oh, Green jersey yeah, when I want true. the number four. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's see, so frustrating right. right now. I agree, too. Damn. Yeah. You know, he, Damn, he's you, changing you, that number, too. But you threw a wedge. I was going to throw in that pre-order. Damn. Now I have to think no. about it. <laughs> yeah, did, 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 y'all see, did y'all see the court, though? The design of the oh, court. The court is cold. The oh, no, court is clean. Hang Because it's it's navy with the red but the logo is the 94 95 logo in the middle and it's the it's the navy red color instead who of the reported, red and yellow gm who reported it do you remember who reported it i don't remember i saw it on, i saw i it saw it too Twitter. it might have been like berman or something but i know that it was somebody that was notable and he he uh, released the court design it was jackson gatlin yeah it was jackson gatlin okay let me uh, yes yeah, let me pull it up real quick let me see if I can show, like, right here. So this is what it looks like. This is the color oh, right here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you see that, Ken? Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is just clean, nice. right? Like, you know, you get you got the ode to the old logo, but you also get a mix. Because the thing I like, I love uh, partially the most is that you get the 97 mm. colorway, but you get the lettering font of 94.95. And I love that font. It's so simple, and it's so... Um, Hang on, wait, I got y'all. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Share screen. Hey, share right the screen. Here. You already know, big dog. Here we go. Can y'all see now? Yeah. Oh, see yeah. that? Oh yeah. That's so clean. Like that's I love so that clean. shit. Yeah. That's all right. All right. So 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 basically, what you're telling me is that we're all going to go to this game together when they launch this because we oh, all got to go together. Watch this. Come on now. Like, we yeah. got to go. Like this is this is this is this is <laughs> this is going to be my first game this season. I want to go because this 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 this. this the jersey's so clean, but 
This floor is nasty. This is nice. dude. It it is. It's next level, bro. It might be like the best court opinion, they've. It level. might be the best court that they've had since since the championship era, right? I mean, I, the little opinion. pinstripe thing they're gonna have on the like they kind of yeah. They got like, this here. Yeah, yeah bro. Man. That's the first thing I noted. I, I noticed. I was like, yo, man, how do you put? How do you put the pinstripes on the backside of the out of bounds lines? Come on. Come I think on, that's man. so dope. I just think like the overall is just it's next level, and you know it's gonna be so cool to see on the court. And the jerseys, like I, I think the players are gonna love it too. So I'm just like, I'm all in. It's hype, you know. And it it brings something different, you know. It gives us something to be excited about. Yeah. Despite the fact that we're not so great, I think that it's (laughs) it's dope, you know. Like it's 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 a novelty. It's a bring. They need to bring asses to the seats. Uh, I'm sure Fertitta's not happy about the money that's being funneled in right now. They needed to do what they got to do. I think they should have done this years ago. I think it would have looked nice on Harden. Should have pulled it years ago. But I mean, Harden Harden and CP3. You know, they could have done it in nice. 2018, but that's yeah, okay. You know, I don't want to. I don't, I don't know, man. Harden, Harden makes a lot of things. He makes a lot Actually, of things. Actually, yeah, I take it back. Fat. I'm just going to say that right now. He always makes things. Like, if you see, yeah. you know what? Like, James James Harden and Chris Paul, they got this Chris Paul in Target, but on court, they look like chubby. Like, they look thin. They look thick. But then when you see them in person, yeah, when, like Kyle Levy, when you see them in person, they're actually super thin. You're like, man, camera does not work well for them. And I remember <laughs> when Charles Barkley was wearing those 97 jerseys. Yo, he looks so fat. Like, you know how they say if you're like a little overweight, don't wear like stripes. Like I was like, exactly yes. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo. So I don't know, but I think I think this is this is uh just seeing Jalen Green and some of our young kids already in the promo pictures. I I was super, super hype. And honestly. I might just risk and get go ahead and pre-order, even if if it's a zero and he changes it to four. But it is what it is. I don't want to risk because I I lost the opportunity to buy the Oilers jersey last year, and I was so upset about that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So that's okay. Yeah, man, it happens. And then and yes, well, we need to take you up on that offer, and at some point when i gotta i gotta look up when the game comes in, I'd be totally down. We can make it a summit type deal because I, I talked about it to the GM. I was like, we gotta go. I mean, we're a Rockets podcast. We got to hit up the game at some point, and uh, mm-hmm. that'll be a perfect opportunity to do it, and we can definitely rock it, and then we'll rock it with you and uh, whoever want it. We could probably invite some other guests, too, and we'll probably just have a ball doing it. I think it'd be a lot of Absolutely. fun. Let's do maybe, it. For sure. Maybe go get, some, maybe go get some, uh, some bowls, too, before we go, right? Hey. Oh, <laughs> you already know, bro. We're trying to stay healthy. You know, We're trying to promote. We're trying Absolutely. to promote healthiness. Absolutely, you already know? Man. All right, so let's, let's move on here. So, Chris, you're a first-time guest. Actually... Chris, and I should, and I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. I have to apologize because we usually we give our guests a nickname when they come out of the oh. jump when they join us on the summit. So, who do you go by? What's your what's your what's your usual nickname? My nickname, man. That's so funny because like I've always been Little Chris. So then, like people would say Little Chris all the time, so fast, and then people would say Luda, like like Ludacris. So like I, it's always it's 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 I've honestly everywhere I go, someone always has some stupid new name. Like if it's if I'm playing basketball, people call me Tony Parker. If I play for whatever reasons, if I if I if I uh, like it's just whoever they, like whoever people say I look like people say I look like Mighty Mouse. I don't know, man. I don't, like like I never had like a go to nickname. So like honestly, man, in 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 just being a fair sport and and, and somebody who who's who just doesn't care like about anything. And it comes to stuff like that. If you guys want to give me my official nickname, I already got it. You know, I'm got it. All right. I'm good. So I formulated it based on what I'm hearing from you today. 
And uh, from say, what I'm, you are knowledgeable. You are knowledgeable in the craft. You are knowledgeable in the sport of basketball. I got the GM here who's not in the room, but directed to the left, who knows the ins and out of all the numbers, the cap. That's why I call him the GM. He's all about the moves. He knows cap salary cap better than anyone I, I know. He's probably one of the best basketball minds I know as well. I'm the commissioner because, you know, this is the podcast that we ran and I'm, you know, I, I pretty much run the podcast as well as our basketball league. But I think for you, you're a basketball mind. You're a, you're a stout basketball mind. I think I'm gonna call you the professor. Ooh, I like, oh, that, I like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. The professor. Cause that, you know, cause if you that's, need that's it, a good one. the professor, cause the professor drops knowledge. You know, that's what the people you said. The people need to know. The listeners need to know. Mm-hmm. That's what we get you on the pod. You drop some knowledge for the folks. You may we may we may have a fifth member to join us at the uh, what do you call it? What's what's our hoop? Uh, the hoop trust. Uh, the hoop <laughs> trust. Yeah. With, with our boys. You got to get in on that because that's that's <laughs> oh, our yeah. we that's our crew, like our four of like the brightest basketball minds that we've put together on the pod. We may just yeah. have to, we're going to put you in there. We'll be the fifth. Oh man, I would be on it. Like honestly, guys, I you know, and I want to say this especially to to all your incredible fans and listeners. Uh, I want to say, man, it's it's such an such an honor to be able to come here and be able to talk to you guys about rockets, something that I drew, truly truly love, and I know how much passion you have. But what you guys have done so far, and and what you guys have put together, and your consistency, and uh, your class, and just your knowledge of 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 just basketball in general, it's been refreshing to listen to. And I think like for our circle of all of our friends that we all know, we all have podcasts. It's good to see you guys thrive. It's good to see you guys really really shake it up and, and do some powerful things and awesome things like just that 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 van way for you that 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 was a, that was an awesome 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 guess and i i can only imagine where it's going to take where you guys going to go with it and and i just think it's a great story and so i love to listen i love to be a fan from afar i really appreciate you guys having me on too man because like i said this is the best houston rockets podcast in houston uh-huh I appreciate that. Maybe appreciate even that. the world, because I'm sure there's like there's like some place in the world. I'm pretty sure like there's like kids right now like formulating an idea or they're already put it together. Like since they got, you know, Jalen Green are going to put together like their, mm. you know, the Filipino like, you know, podcast. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> yeah. I got one oh, thing. It's true. Said, it's true. It's true. So it, I always said this. I said the one the one community that Houston that, like I think people don't realize what an incredibly huge community is the Filipino community and no one loves basketball more than the Filipino community. No one has balled me up more than Filipinos at times. So all I got to say is that like, if there's ever been a community to reach out to, to really push and pull and, and really, you know, bring the bridge of representation and how important it is. I think it was great to see that the Rockets are bringing the Filipinos, but any Filipino podcast out there thinking that they're better than the, you know, the summer state of mind, uh, you guys, you kids need to, uh, you know, keep doing your homework because these guys. Are <laughs> oh man, we feel the honor, love, bro. Honor, bro you, for sure. Actually, yeah. before, we, uh, before we, before we go home here on the pod, Chris, do you have time to play a quick game? Oh, absolutely. All right. Let's, so, you know, we, 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 for anyone that doesn't know, we first met Chris in person at uh, at at Samoa Bros place, aka Sean's, to watch All Out AEW. Obviously, we're all wrestling fans. You damn right. Let's play a quick. <laughs> let's play a quick game. All time, we've done it a few times. We've done well, I, at least once with one of our guests, Mount Rushmore, baby, Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. Pick Ooh. your top four. 
all the time. Now, this is anything. I'm not talking WWE. This can be WWE, AEW, New Japan Wrestling, All Japan Wrestling, ECW, WCW, WCCCW. You know what I mean? <laughs> all the individual territories, whatever you want to do, whatever you want it to be, like TNA, Impact, whatever. This is your top four. I'm going to give you all time. Think about it. Let me know. I made I made a fatal error last time, and I'm not making mm. that error again. It got put on. Oh, man. Man, and I'm not making that fatal error again. He's going to be in my Mount Rushmore. But I'm going to give you all time to think about it. We'll, we'll, we'll mm. uh, and then we'll come back and then we'll just kind of get back into it. But just think about it. Unless GM already has one. Man, I don't know if my team will be the same as the last time. Yo, you got to change I mean, it, baby. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, man. Uh, shit. I mean, you know, my first pick, honestly, I got to go with my, okay. I got to go with my OG. It's going to be different for me. I got to go Brett. <laughs> you didn't go Brett earlier. You didn't go Brett last time. Brett. I didn't. Okay, okay, okay. Let me tell you my inspiration. So Halloween this year, I didn't dress up. I, I don't know if anyone here, Chris, I don't know if you watched the show. Um, it was on Netflix before. Kim's Convenience. Uh, Simulu, the main character mm-hmm. from Shang. Shang-Chi, he was one of the characters on that show. But anyways, it's like based on a Korean family in Canada. That's besides the point. One of the characters, the best friend of the son, he dressed up as Bret Hart for Halloween. And I looked at that and I was like, bro, I need to do that one year. Because I've dressed up as Ultimate Warrior for one Halloween many, many moons ago. That was fun. But I got to commit all the way. Well Brett, was your guy. well, Brett was your guy. That was the guy that he was Brett. I was, Owen. I, I mean, I, I that grew was up, the, that was the Brett. thing. Yeah. yeah I was I Owen. Mean, I loved Sean. I loved Brett. Those are the two guys, but for, for today's Mount Rushmore, November 1st, 2021, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go with my man, Brett. Let's do it in picks. Let's Let's do it in picks. Here we go. Okay. So you got your first okay. of Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Let's get it to you over. Let's get over to you, Professor. Who you got? Okay. So the fact that he's got Brett, I can't pick Brett Hart, right? Oh, are we doing draft? Are we drafting? We, we can do just do draft. Are we drafting? Let's let's you want to draft it? Let's just change it up. Let's let's let's, let's change that. it up. Let's do so it. Okay. Number, so is your number one pick Brett Hart? My number one is Brett. Okay. Let's okay. Go I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Brett. All right. I got the second pick. Now this is probably gonna be controversial, but I mean, I, I mean, I'm just gonna say, it, man. I mean, he's one of the greatest of all times. And I think like his story and everything is just, it's, it's one of the best. And no one could be a, a heel in the face better than, than my boy, Eddie Guerrero. So I'm going to go with Eddie. Oh, he stole my pick. So you, you, pulled, you, you pulled the greatest Eddie impression. Damn. That was my mistake. The GM said, we, we did our Mount Rushmore. And he was like, how could you forget Eddie Guerrero? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, because that was your boy. I threw, my, up, I threw, I I threw my headphones down in anger. And just like that. The professor has made himself another rival just now. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh man, shit's getting wild. Oh no, no. I, I know you know what? I had eyes on that. I had eyes on oh, that. See, baby. He's, he's, he's got he's got it. He's got it. He's got the Eddie Guerrero pop. Damn. Okay. All right. Now now you now you threw a you threw a monkey wrench in the whole equation. You you got Jalen Green before I could get Jalen Green. So here we go. Um okay, so my my uh, you know what? Okay, I if if we're going like all time. I'm going to go with someone right now. You went with someone from the 90s. You went with someone from the 2000s. I'm just going to just ch- just for fun. I'm going to change it up and pick someone right now. He is my favorite wrestler. He just signed with AEW recently. Big ass pop in All Out. In my opinion, he is going to be. Yeah, he's. Yeah, the boom. He's going to be an absolute stud. I think 
the punk Daniel Bryan signings were great for now. I think this signing was built to last five years from now, six years from now. He's going to be the one to take down the elite. He's going to be the one to take down Kenny Omega, the one, the only Mr. Boom himself, Adam Cole, baby. Baby. <laughs> Let's go. You already know. You yeah, already that, know. that's a good pick. And that's you know, my guy. He, he's, he's impactful. And you're right. He's still, he's still young enough. I've been, still I've been into it. him when he was the I've been into him since he was the Panama City Playboy. So this is day yeah, one. Yeah, you were always mm. an Adam Cole guy. Him and him yeah. and Zach Sabre Jr. Those are your dudes. Well, Adam Cole, Adam Cole's mic skills are just like you just can't next level. It. I think you just can't teach it. I think whatever he has, you just can't teach it. The swagger, the mm. superstar power, you just can't teach it. But that's just me. Yeah. So okay, no, right. oh, over to you, GM. Okay, so you got the oh, are, are, do, do you want to do that or do you want to do snake? Oh, so it's it's back to me. Shit. Yeah, let's do All snake. Right. Let's do snake. Right, let's snake it. All right, fine. Let me let me. I, I need I need a second. Let me think. Okay, I, I didn't have my I didn't have my picks ready back to back. Okay. All right. So I, I got to pick him just because he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Vince McMahon dubbed him the greatest wrestler of all time. I got to go with my man because his podcast is up is also freaking incredible. And the show he puts out on whatever WWE network, Peacock, whatever broken mm-hmm. skull sessions, the one, the only stone cold Steve Austin. I got, I got to do it. Got to do it. I'm going to have one. I'm going to keep one. Like, you know, when you think mm-hmm. of Mount Rushmore, you're thinking stone cold, Ric Flair, yeah. uh, Hulk Hogan, He's going to be my one uh what's that what, what do you say he's like going to be my one like gimme like the Main common pick yeah gimme he's going to yeah, be my yeah, one yeah, gimme my common pick yeah the mainstream so, to the yeah. mainstream all right so over to you now professor who you got okay okay i'm going to save this one pick for last cuz i i want to get somebody that's modern that's like in this in this era of, of wrestling so i won't pick him just yet cuz i don't think nobody's going to pick him um, I mean, you bit me like a rattlesnake by taking my boy Stone Cold away. So I had to get you back, man. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I I think I think no one's greater on the microphone, and no one's been able to to, to steal just the energy out of the room like this next wrestler. Um, and honestly, if he was a run for president, I'd vote for him. So I'm sorry, man. I'm gonna have to go with the rock. I mean, he's my gimme, oh, yeah. just like it's the rock, man. You know, I, I I respect it, man. There's nothing wrong with that. I totally respect that pick. I think that's a great pick, man. He's got three votes at the summit right now. If he ran for presidency, I would vote for him. <laughs> I, 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 I'd vote for him. Why, why would I not? I mean, he's the rock, he's Dwayne Johnson. Like, I believe anything he says. Hell he yeah. calls he calls someone uh, a candy ass. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's definitely a candy ass. <laughs> if someone from another country is Rudy Poo candy ass, you better believe I too will think it. <laughs> yeah. Good sol- solid pick, solid pick. Okay, okay. So yeah. this seems to be the gimme round here. <laughs> Go ahead, GM. Oh man. I don't know if I want to like my pick, my second round pick isn't a gimme, but he's still my favorite. You already know where I'm gonna go, Ken. Oh yeah, I gotta go okay. with my man, the cult of personality, mm. my boy. Mm. You know, dropping pipe bombs, mm. even though he hates that saying. My boy, C. M. Punk, aka what is my motherfucking name? <laughs> the, best in the, world, baby. <laughs> the best in the world, man. I love that dude, man. He was the one that brought me back into wrestling. Like I, I cannot. Uh, cannot argue that i think that he was the one that brought me back that promo i was a fan of him when he was in ecw 
you know, I thought he had so much potential. Um, but when he, when he dropped that, that's what got me back in. And then him winning the title off Cena at money in the bank was the last five-star match by Dave Meltzer given to a WWE match. And I think it's still the only one so far in the last 10 years. I that was so, probably yeah. the greatest match I've ever seen in the sense of storytelling, the finish, just everything that went on in that match and yeah. the background of it, considering is it Punk's home against John Cena, the person that could never be beat, the one that was that when Triple H had passed the shovel, it was to John Cena, you know? And that's why I thought that, that was probably everything that you could have ever asked for. Um, but my third round pick, this is just for me. And I'm going to say it now, like his return that I said, that when Kenny and I were there was the biggest pop I've ever heard. One of the greatest moments oh, I've ever experienced man. at a wrestling show. Edge, my man, Adam Copeland. Like that almost put me to tears, bro. Because you hear the rumors that Royal Rumble when he was like, oh, Edge should return here. And we're like, no, we hear that shit all the time. Oh, Stone Cold's going to make a return. Blah, 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 whatever. CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, and then and then when you, when you heard the, you think you know me. I was like, no, you know, because we're like, no one trusts the dirt cheese completely. So you're not, you're going in there with uh, your, uh, your expectations lower. So when that return happened and the energy in the crowd that livened up everything, it completely blew the house down. And the best part about it was that it didn't take anything away from Drew winning it. But in my opinion, the, that Royal Rumble was about edge. And that was probably one of the greatest moments I've ever experienced as a wrestling fan. So that's just me personally. It might not be a crowd favorite, but Edge is my dude. The rated, the rated R superstar. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. That's good. Good picks. Good picks. I'm not, not surprised by any means though. So let me direct it over well, you to you now, me. professor. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. So are we, are we doing four or five picks? I just need to Let's know. Let's go four. Let's go four, four because uh, Mount Rushmore, yeah, four presidents, right? Yeah, we're going to go four. Okay. I just want to make sure. Um, so this will be my third pick. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, this right, is I'm gonna a- give my, I'm, I'm gonna give my 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 fan favorite right now. Okay, Let's this go. is my right now. This is this is a, this is a generation right now wrestler. Okay, and I'm definitely going outside the scopes of AEW or or WWE, but I'm gonna go with Jay White. I think Jay White is. Yo, by far. I think I think if he was anywhere else, we'd be talking about him right now. I think he is the coldest on the microphone right now. His 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 ability to tell stories in the ring is amazing. He's he's so super athletic. He can pretty much do everything. He can he can do some athletical stuff, athletic stuff, and he can also you know wrestle in the ring. And I just think like he unfortunately is maybe not necessarily in a place where he can get the most you know. Uh, stardom, but I think JY is hands down one of the best wrestlers in, in the game right now. Dang, yeah, JY, wow, you you totally put you're right. None of us would have picked him. Totally would have pulled that out of left field. I'm sure uh, Samoa <laughs> Bro would be proud because that's be one of his boys for for the New that's Japan true. brothers. All right, so okay, so it's over to me. I gotta pick this guy just because uh, he's m- my favorite wrestler of all time, hands down. Uh, left the world too early. Uh, one of many wrestlers that has left the world too early, an unfortunate accident that took place. Uh, I got to go with Owen Hart, in my opinion, just the most probably the most underrated technical high flying wrestler of all time, just because you didn't you never got to fully see he was like a man in the wrong era. 
I mm-hmm. equate it similarly to like, you know, just, I'm not, I'm not saying he's like this by any means, but you know, if you're thinking like in terms of like an NBA player, it's like if you're dropping, I don't know, there's a lot of people that say, Oh, um, I don't know, Magic Johnson in today's NBA because he doesn't have a three-point shot. You know what I mean? Maybe dropped him in the wrong era. I think Owen Hart was an absolute product of the wrong era that he was in. Mm-hmm. Because when the page turned to the early 2000s, you had Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Edge and Christian, Eddie Guerrero, all these wrestlers that 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 fought in the similar style that Owen Hart fought in. And if only he had stayed alive to the early 2000s, he would have had six star matches in my opinion. And he will forever go down as uh, a promise unfulfilled as a uncrowned WWE champion, in my opinion. So he's, Mm. he's my pick. And you know what, for my last pick, I'm going to change it up. I want to shake up the, I want to shock the system. I want to shock the system right now. This is me. Um, I'm jumping between two. The common pick right now for me as my favorite would be Roman Reigns. I would pick Roman Reigns in any other occasion because I enjoy him. He's the best thing going mm-hmm. on WWE right now. But I'm going to go out of left field here. I'm going to jump into New Japan. I got to go with the Rainmaker himself. Okada <laughs> is a fucking animal dude the stories he tells okada is a monster he's like basically what roman is now with the 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 greatness he's attaining now is the greatness that okada's had for years so Mm -hmm. i mean okada is an absolute monster i gotta go with Kazuchika Okada. He's just an absolute. He's he's a beast. His matches against Kenny Omega are classic. Six star matches. Classics. Six yeah. star matches. Yeah. He was a great. He, I wanted to pick Okada. I'm not going to lie to you, but okay, Ken. I, I changed. I see it. you. Let's go. I, I see you. Man, I, I will say this. I was going to pick Okada too, but I just felt like no one ever gives love to Jay White. I think you stayed at him. I think you made a smart pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is why my next pick is going to be somebody really I, I never hear anybody mention. And I think it's really is actually really sad um, because the longevity and where he started and where he's at and some of the greatest matches I've seen um, at his best when he is a heel. And mm-hmm. I think that even now when he wrestles, you're like, man, you know what he's really really good i just i just this came to, to my mind the other day and it's so funny that we're doing this they're like why does no one ever talk about randy motherfucking Orton? yo bro <laughs> that, that, that's who that's that's the guy that kenny would always say like never okada, like the fundamentals of just exactly everything okada and uh, orton are very similar and just very the movements and then just the athleticism the size the build um Kenny would always talk about like, oh, Okada and Orton are just a match made in he's, heaven. He's you know? prototypically perfect. You drop him in any era, and Orton any era. hit a home run every hit time. A run. He's a mm-hmm. he's a monster, dude. In my opinion, everyone goes Hulk Hogan, right? At, at the era before. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but like Hulk Hogan, right? No one thinks Macho Man. No and in my opinion, when you think John Cena, you don't think Randy Orton. It's the same comparison. But Macho mm-hmm. Man was a technically more sound wrestler. Better storyteller, mm-hmm. better wrestler overall. I think I totally agree. Orton is definitely, and I would have picked him, but he would, I picked him in the last Mount Rushmore, so I wanted to change it up. So <laughs> solid fucking pick, Professor. <laughs> that was a good one. All I right, like let's that. go. Let's go to UGM. Finish it off. Well, I'm I'm gonna go with my my six star man, my man, mm. uh, the AW champ, Kenny. Omega. Oh yeah, someone's got to pick him. Someone's got to pick him. Well, I mean, I, you, you know, I was a Kenny Omega guy. I still got my six-star match shirt. 
You did. In you a did. closet somewhere. You got nice. that from Hot Topic, right? Yeah. No, I got that from, uh, what is it? Wrestling Tees? Is that the website yeah, now? Wrestling. I don't remember. Yeah, Wrestling Tees. Yeah, wrestling yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it long ago. Like, many, like probably five, six, seven years ago. I don't remember. I had a man bun at the point. Remember it was, that? It was, yeah, it was Ooh, right I after had, wrestling. I had, I had the man bun at that point. Um, and that was many moons ago. But yeah, like Kenny Omega was like, see, I think now he's starting to fulfill his potential in what people expected to see out of him in AEW as opposed to how he was in New Japan. I think he's had to find his footing from obviously what people heard. He had been injured for a while. He's had back issues since his New Japan days. And I think the schedule has helped him in regards to helping him heal. You could see he's added on a little bit more size too than as opposed to when he was in New Japan having these six, seven star matches with Okada. But seeing him wrestle now, like that match against Daniel Bryan was next level and incredible yeah on tv, it, at that, on TV. It, free, free tv, TV. Free TV. TV. <laughs> I, do, I don't i don't agree with tony khan doing that but i understand why but hopefully the next time they do do that that there's a big story behind why they're doing it and i'm just hopeful that it's going to be impactful because you know d is in the best shape of his life i, I can't help a comedy brian though his name is brian danielson let's be real here but Kenny Omega is the fucking man. And there's no way that you can't, you can dispute that. He can have a great match with anybody. And he's so charismatic and he's just different in comparison to everybody in America in the sense. Yeah. Um, so I just think that he is, he, he's obviously the Marks champion, but I don't know. Like I really do. Peep, I do see a lot of people going towards Roman now and I love Roman. Don't get it wrong. I think the person he is now is what we've always wanted him to be. Always. The ultimate, ultimate badass. Gives no fucks about I mean, anybody. I mean, we're a little, you know, I don't mean to pull a Korea, but we're a little few years late on this one, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, he could have had some great uh, feuds with other yeah. people, but I mean, you Damn know, shame. there's still so much to do, so much that can be done, and I don't see him losing the strap anytime soon. So, yo. Can, can, I, can I, let me just... Like, I know we haven't, you know, I love talking about wrestling more than I like, just as much love talking about the Rockets. Let me throw a little wrench in this. Let's take all of our, let's talk all of our Mount Rushmore's, right? Okay. Uh We we already know what you you got your four. I got my four. You got your four. Let's put them in the Royal Rumble. Oh. Who wins? Who wins? We'll we'll build build, build this match, bro. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Who Who wins? Yes. All right. I, I, mean, I can this. give you an instant answer right now. Okay, give me your instant answer. Go ahead. Stone Cold. Stone Cold wins. I think the rattlesnake will find a way because he always does. So like, I like as a, like if we were to go based on like just how they operate in the ring, because we've seen Stone Cold win a rumble by being conniving as a heel, right? Um, another person that I could see is Okada, Omega. And the Rock, but I don't think anyone else has a chance. To be honest with you, I'm not going to lie. Now, uh, now I, quest, the question is, who's booking it? Is it WWE? <laughs> WWE booking because we know if WWE books, we know who they're booking. They're going to find the biggest guy, the biggest guy to win. Yeah, the biggest guy's going to win. So it's going to be Okada or Omega. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, or we're talking yeah. stature in terms of stature no, or it's popularity. Be the Rock. The Rock. Yeah, the Rock. <laughs> well, The Rock. Well, today, Chris. As, well, Chris. As Black Adam. Let me direct the question over back to you, uh, Professor. Who do you think is going to win? Listen, man. Y'all, y'all fail to realize that I lie, I cheat, 
I still oh, lie. Oh, no, 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 come on now. I still, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Here, here's the thing. Everybody, it, it, Eddie Guerrero was so good about playing everybody's strengths and weaknesses against them. So he's going to play possum the whole time. As a matter of fact, he might even go out the ring. And, and I was going to say, fail, my man going to hide under the ring. Uh, hiding under the ring. People are going to forget that his feet never really touched. So he wasn't thrown over the ring. And right when Stone Cold or The Rock or Kenny Omega are about to, you know, have their epic battle. And it's down to just one, two of them and one person. That's when my boy sneaks in. Those old Stone Cold or good old Rock over or Kenny Omega over there. And you just see the. Mm-hmm. Oh, Eddie. Hey, girl, man, standing Ooh. tall, man. I see that. I can that's honestly see that. Yeah, that's that's, I can a, see that's that. Well, you know what? People fail to realize also that he won that battle royal on SmackDown in 2004 to earn the WWE Championship shot against Brock Lesnar. So, Which is one of the best matches of all time, too. You know yeah, what? Oh, yeah. Can I say this, too? We never give Brock Lesnar his dues, but oh, no but he, one he knows how to be. Oh, he's so good. When so he good. wants to be, he he's so good. so good. Yeah, dude, he's... When he when he wants to 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 make someone look good, no mm. one is better at the business of wrestling, dude. Brock is a mm-hmm. fucking beast. That matching crown jewel, mm-hmm. he, he deserves his flowers. I know people make fun of him. You know, people are like, mm-hmm. oh, he only wrestles twice a year. Da da da. Mm-hmm. He's never here. But when he's here, it's a fucking spectacle every time. It's true. I mean, you saw him sell for Finn Balor. You that saw him sell for AJ Styles. Oh. Saw him sell for Daniel Bryan. Like, CM you know, Punk. he he loves wrestling the smaller he guys because he knows that guys. he can elevate them and make it almost to the point where it's like they could potentially take him down. But realistically, that's never going to happen. But the fact that he's willing and able to make someone else look almost as equally as strong as him is a testament to him as a wrestler and his storytelling. Like, it's next level. Just imagine yeah. if we saw him Versus like Shawn Michaels, peak Shawn Michaels. Oh, that would have wow. just been I mean, next. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Band of, you know? Fantasy matches right there. <sighs> I, I agree. Brock Lesnar. And it's funny that none of, it never crossed. It never crossed my mind to pick Brock Lesnar as a round mm-hmm. Rushmore. I got to change that for the future. That's for a future episode. I thought <laughs> about it. I thought about it. But I didn't want to go all WWE guys. I had to, I had to go with one outside uh, of it. As if I didn't pick Punk, I probably would have went Brock. Agreed. Straight yes. up. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're gonna close the book here on the uh, on the game. Obviously, great ending with Pepic and Kenny Omega. Great question, by the way, Professor, on asking us who's gonna win the Royal Rumble. But yo, Professor, man, thanks for joining us. This is gonna cap off the end of the episode here. Just wanted to say thank you very much for joining us, meeting us at the summit for the first time. And we've been in talks, contract talks for a while now. We finally got the contract signed, and we got you here for at least <laughs> for at least a few episodes. Right. Yeah, man. Let me let me know when you need me to come off the bench. I'm always ready to come in and play that Sam Cassell role. Yeah, man, what's up? <laughs> That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And it's an honor for us to have you on the podcast. So I'm um, let me roll out the red carpet for you right now. Let everyone know what you've been up to, anything that you want to say, any plugs, anything that you want to put out <laughs> there for our listeners. Go ahead. Well, I will say this. Um, we are gearing up. Uh, John is is reconstructing how we're going to start putting out the sports shop again. Of course, so we're going to be having 
sports trap make its return um and uh yeah so we're excited about that uh uh you know it'll be me sweating and making sure i don't say anything controversial to get canceled so you know of course that's gonna <laughs> be a tough thing uh, but honestly what i'm doing right now is um uh if, if you know me or if you don't know me you know that uh at the end of the day i'm, I'm very big into the community i do a lot of community activism i'm really trying to spread the awareness um, and try to end stigmas when it comes to mental health, um, especially in our minority communities uh, where a lot of these stigmas run high. I think our mental health is so important. Um, so besides that, uh, I'm preparing and putting together my own podcast that's going to be directly talking about men's, men's health overall, mental, physical, um, you know, re, re, you know, basically changing how we look and view of what being a man really is. I think there's honestly, I think that that concept has has kind of got played out. I think it's it's caused a lot of feelings of exclusiveness instead of inclusiveness. I think being a man um, can take a lot of different routes. So just really breaking that down and looking at that from a component from insecurities to mental health to why we don't go to the doctors or just our communication, whether it's with our spouse or with our friends. Um, to the to the ego. So really just breaking down, um, having some incredible special guests just talk about those things, the the struggles of being a man and how we can be better men and have that mamba mentality in the future. So yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Is there a name already for the pod? Is it uh soon to be announced? Uh soon to be announced. Um I I finally was able to man, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you guys know how hard it is. I'm sure you guys do about coming up with your logo. Like it's always easy to come up with other people's logos, right? Or mm-hmm. graphic and branding, because I do a lot of branding and marketing on the side. But like when it comes to your baby, oh my God, I went through like months and months of like I felt I honestly like I went to three different like graphic designers. I know they thought I was crazy. They must have thought I was like Beyonce or something. I was just straight diva. Like, no, no, no. It was just like nothing was perfect. And finally just nailed it down. So yeah, now it's it's uh I got the concept and and you know it definitely is going to be a YouTube show. And most importantly, uh I I finally found the place to where I want to record it because I want it to be something that's very uh like it just has a good ambiance and it it since we're going to be talking about some really sensitive things, including my relationship with my father, I think uh, I wanted to have a place where it, was, it felt safe. And so, you know, it looks good on camera. So I finally found that. So hopefully we start recording in December. That's the goal. Well, you heard it here first. Breaking news right there from the professor himself. Chris, you're going to have a podcast out. He's going to bring out the podcast and we're going to promote. Make sure to promote the hell oh, out man, of that, I appreciate for, you. that. for sure. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. So. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you for meeting us at the summit, man. It was a real pleasure, a real honor. Uh, Jalen Green's biggest fan over here. Tell him, man, if you listen to Jalen, please. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Hey, free jer- love hey it, give us some jerseys, man. We'll rep, man. It. we'll rep it hard. We'll rep it hard. You're making 10 million. Come on. Hook a brother up. Come on, man. Hook some, hook some brothers up. That's all we're saying. Absolutely. <laughs> and give Jalen a chance. That's a message to all the all the listeners out there give Jalen a chance for the love of God before don't, you decide don't, to run it. Hey, don't be that guy that, that thought Kobe was trash in 96. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Be better be better. Be better. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the pod, man. Appreciate it. You've been a beast. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for sure, man. Jamie's log progressive the Harrington's backyard day four two eighteen a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. 
Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The Summit. Four, 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 four. Five.